I'm Yoni Fine. And I'm Laura Fine. And we are Fine Fine Whatever. <laughs> and you're listening to Love Sounds, the podcast. long day of power struggles uh with who <laughs> with our seven-year-old not each other i'm grateful yeah we, we, we had a little it was a little touch and go this morning because i mean we got a little over caffeinated and he was being really hard and, <laughs> um, when we can hold it together when he's being so hard and i know i got a little short and i apologize but uh i think we still do pretty well i i think so too. you and me yeah i, th- I think we most did of all the time right. <laughs> We've had plenty of practice with seven years of power struggles. Yeah, go team. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some love songs. Okay. Welcome back to our listeners. I was going to read that thing my mom wrote. Oh, yeah. Yoni's parents have become some of the best contributors to the conversation uh, on the podcast. Um, And they've started, they'll listen to it together. It's very, very sweet. They've been married for 45 years. Is that right? Um, since 1969. Okay, I wasn't planning on doing math right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're gonna have to. Nope, skipping it. Um, anyway, <laughs> they listen to it together. Um, and then they write us these really thoughtful letters. Um, so it's been a nice process too, and, um, just having a conversation of getting to know each other. Um, anyway, Yoni's mom wrote, um, she or, was... is that your mom or yeah, both yeah. your parents? Well, They um... write from the same email account. <laughs> it's <hard to> <laughs> Oh, now we're not making fun of you. No, no. <laughs> it's just a generational thing. Um, best on that song that you talked about last time about putting your best on, and for us, we were thinking about putting on clothes, going out, and stuff. But my parents um, were talking about it made them think about putting their best on for Shabbat, which is the Jewish Sabbath, which um, they always celebrate very meaningfully and and uh, consciously in terms of kind of creating a sacred space on the Sabbath. Um, which in Jewish tradition runs from Friday night to Saturday night. And so on Saturday morning when we would uh, go to synagogue, uh, they would, you know, just like going to church or anybody who, you know, gets dressed up for something sacred. Um, there. So my well, mom wrote... Well, we were, I want to say something else because part of what's, um, what your mom's talking about that people who didn't grow up in that wouldn't necessarily picture is that people who are getting ready to celebrate Shabbat that really observe it um, spend all of Friday afternoon getting ready um, and try to make it there's an idea of preparing for Shabbat the way you would prepare for uh, your bride to come visit yeah yeah it's called that in a lot of the liturgy right so in in some ways it's sort of like um a love relationship with yeah. this holy day yeah. um, and getting ready to sort of court the bride for the day. Yeah. Um, there's that idea. And I think that's part of the, yeah. what your mom is sort of it's uh, a really cool feeling and referencing relationship with, with time, with creating a sacred time in the week, mm-hmm. which um, we, we, we kind of try to do in different ways, but you, you try to just do things differently. So that's why there's all these guidelines about how to make it different um primarily by not working mm-hmm. um, and preparing to get everything done so that once shabbat's there you can just relax and be with it so she said it brought me to a recognition of something i've always done and continue to do putting my quote-unquote best on for shabbat the table the food the peace it brings me i can get a little intense about the preparation the choices i've made but once it's here i put my best on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah which you know and that's as a struggle sometimes about you know you freak out about getting ready for it and sometimes that just feels like stress and you're like why am I stressing out this is but part of the payoff for that is you need to kind of do some of that stressful kind of make sure everything is set so that you can follow those guidelines of not doing any work on the actual Mm -hmm. sacred day that makes me think about preparing to spend time with someone special and how if you spend a lot of energy and sort of thinking about it and getting ready for it um, so that you can be really present, then all of that energy can be worthwhile, but sometimes it can be distracting um, mm-hmm. or problematic in some other way, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I currently, in my schedule, I have two days that I spend with just our four-year-old, and those are times where I try to be really conscious of, like, 
just being there for that day and, and being present and not planning or thinking too far ahead. Mm-hmm. And I think about that with other people in my life that I don't get constant access to, you know, so when I am with them, <laughs> I try to really make the most out of it and everything else stops in sort of the same way that time stops, the way that Shabbat can feel for people that observe it. You're smiling. No one can tell you're smiling. What are you thinking about? <laughs> um, no, that's good. That's well put. So we were going to talk about two new songs. Uh, I think you were going to go first this evening. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> Tell me exactly how and why I'm being hilarious because I know it's happening all the time. I just don't usually understand how it works. So now's my chance. (laughs) It just sounded funny to me. The song that I uh, remembered for tonight's show is by Father John Misty. Uh, He put out an album called I Love You Honey Bear a few years ago. Um, He has a newer album that I didn't love as much, but I Love You Honey Bear I really loved. Father John Misty is the name that Josh Tillman gives himself. He used to record a lot as Jay Tillman. He was in Fleet Foxes for a minute. He was their drummer. I always assumed he was a guitar player, but he was their drummer. Fleet Foxes. (laughs) What's funny about Fleet Foxes, Laura? (laughs) Um, This is a conversation we have in our house a lot, but there's just a lot of bands with animals in their names. Um, like a lot, a lot. Yeah, so and keep, now whenever I hear them, it's just hilarious. Yeah, keep an eye out. You'll notice one out of every 1.5 bands has an <laughs> animal in the title. <laughs> and sometimes they're just outright with like Animal Collective and they just call themselves animals. Owls sing songs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Reindeer jumping. I love reindeer jumping. So Fish swim. Stop it. Can't. Um, <laughs> I can do this for the next hour. <laughs> I really think you shouldn't. So Elephants I'm, and ice cream. <laughs> I want to play the f- the title song, the title track, and the first track <laughs> from "I Love You, Honey Bear," which is called "I Love You, Honey Bear," which is redundant because I already told you it was the title track. I I think it's fun to say "Honey Bear." It's part of what I love about this song uh-huh. is that. Uh, Jay Tillman's Josh Tillman's lyrics are like pretty dark a lot of the time and, and really kind of crazy. Really crazy. I mean, he's not like the, doesn't seem like the most mentally stable person. So his songwriting <laughs> is kind of yeah, it's pretty it's pretty nuts. Um, and like I said, often kind of dark. But this whole album is this giant love song, like love um, ballad. Album. It's a ballad. Yeah, and the whole song is kind of about semi autobiographical stuff about. I mean, the whole album about he about him and his wife. So yeah, even like with all this weirdness, there's just this honey bear. Like, yeah, this, like, it's a funny juxtaposition to how crude some of the lyrics are. Yeah, and I think he's being satirical <laughs> sure. in a lot of it. But um, I just, for me, I kind of eat up the honey bear stuff like, it's like, without the satire. I it's think, like that maybe. part in Pulp Fiction where they're um, shooting everybody in the restaurant and going, I love you, honey bunny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It feels like on. that. Yeah. Oh, honey bear, honey 
everything is due and nothing will be spared but I Everything is doomed and nothing will be spared. But I love you, honey bear. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel better. <laughs> no, this song... Well, this song does kind of make me feel better about things. Really? This is just like climate change doomed to me. But we love each other, so it's okay. Nope. <laughs> I mean, it depends on how you look at it, but... <laughs> That's how I'm looking. That's what he's saying. Hmm. Well, wait. So he he turns that chorus at the end, which helps me feel okay. It was nice of him to do that. I just love the lilt of this song. Mm-hmm. Um, I always, when I listen to it, I play it really loudly and I, you know, conduct an imagined orchestra with my arms. Oh, do you? While you're yeah. driving? Like this. Oh, yeah, so imaginary orchestra is happening right now. I was the lucky one who got to witness it. Hold on, listen to this. Okay. But everything is fine. Don't give in to despair. Cause I love Tell me why. I want to know more. Okay, well, so musically, like I said, I really love that lilt, that um, that lush, you know, orchestral chamber pop feel that he... Did you... Oh, <laughs> chamber pop? Yeah, I like call it chamber pop, orchestral pop. Yeah, I heard it, chamber pot. It's a different thing. Oh, yeah. I love, I love that, <laughs> that, you know, you listen to the song. Just <laughs> I was picturing him banging on one. Yeah, that's how he gets that sound. Don't you know? I'm I'm not that hip. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, that's chamber pot. No, chamber pop like that 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 big kind of swelling orchestra sound, and it's got those big booming drums, and it's all like that tempo is so like I said, just kind of I'm moving both my arms while I'm talking, trying to explain it, but I'm moving both my arms in small circles. <laughs> that's, <laughs> That's, that's so if I, you all can figure out what that means, please send us an email and tell us. The feeling, what's the name for the feeling where you just can't help but move your arms in small circles? <laughs> <laughs> like you're, 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 you're winding everything up. You're in it. You appear it. to be welled up with emotion. Welling up. You're kind of strutting too. There's a, there's a little bit of a... Um, <laughs> You look invigorated. I am a little bit invigorated from this song. The song gets me going a little bit. Uh Yeah, Um, and uh, that that sound. I love the sound of this whole record, and not all of it sounds like that, but I love the sound of that song. Um, I love how it starts kind of with that little wobbly bit, and then it it swells in. Um, I love that 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 sound he created feels so invigorating, but also so dark and twisted and Mm -hmm. sad. Um, it's got these great, like that uplifting feel and then a certain note or chord, this minor chord that, that it ends on that is really matches that, that feeling for me that he's talking about in a lot of lyrics about, you know, basically the world going, uh, very badly, but I like, but it's okay because I'm watching it go, you know, I'm watching the ship go down with you. Well, and you know, what I just started thinking about was the effect of how, discordant the music and the lyrics are if you're not really listening too closely to the lyrics right. the you, feel of the song 
is really different. And, and I know this because you played this around the house for a long time and I never listened that carefully until mm. today. And the feel I would get, it, it did actually give me a sense of like mild unease, which is why I didn't really like it when you played it. Mm-hmm. But mostly I just heard the honey bear, honey bear, I love you, honey bear. Um, sort of that big, booming, uplifting, lilty part that you're talking about. And so to actually pay closer attention and realize how dark what he's saying is, um, is a lot like the theme of what he's talking about, exactly. of being distracted by or, or soothed and by the person you're with and the fact that we're good right now, so let's just stay here and ignore the fact that everything else is going to shit outside. Right, because I love you, honey bear. Right, so don't look too close at anything else. Let's just focus on that. He says, my love, you're the one I want to watch the worst ship go down with. The future can't be real. I barely know how long a moment is. Unless we're naked getting high on a mattress while the global market crashes. That's clever. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate, just because of my own, you know, not wanting things to be too dark and sad, that the first chorus is everything is doomed and nothing will be spared. But I love you, honey bear. And then at the end he says, but everything is fine. Don't give in to despair. And when he says don't give in to despair, that always gets me. Um, you feel it, the genuineness? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, and now I'm, you know, I'm thinking about why, I guess, why? more. Um, well, you uh, struggle with despair uh, sometimes. Sure. And in the line before that, he talks about some, he's, he's talking about the things that each of them bring to their relationship and all of their kind of emotional baggage. And Oh, he right. Says, he talks about their family history. He, he says, I brought my mother's depression You've got your father's scorn and a wayward aunt's schizophrenia. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's a that's rough, but um, uh-huh. and that's pretty intense. And uh-huh. then that's then the next line of "but everything is fine, don't give in to despair." Um, you know, hits a little harder because it's that kind of recognition that yeah, you know, there's never nothing's going to be easy because mm-hmm. we're crazy and mm-hmm. the world is awful, and we're trying to figure out how to do it together with our own baggage that doesn't always mix neatly. Right. Right. And we can analyze it all over and we can, like in the beginning, he has that Rorschach test line where it has a, some very graphic language that mm-hmm. I don't feel like reading, but <laughs> in the first verse, um, but kind of this idea of, you know, we can examine everything we do and, you know, who knows, but the point is we love each other and mm-hmm. we, and that is why everything is fine. Yeah, you know, in I, I'm a therapist and I work with couples and I this know. is not all of our listeners do do. <laughs> I'm explaining what I'm about to talk about. I know. Okay. I, was, I just thought that might be funny, but it was oh, nope. <laughs> so anyway, the there's a really a common moment I have with the couples that I work with where they will both get really caught up in um the content of these things that they end up fighting about at home that even they know is stupid, but it gets so overwhelming um, and and distracting. And that's what they end up spending all their time talking about and having a hard time finding how to connect, you know? Um, And, but you'll listen to them talk and you'll hear all of this love they have. And like the fact that they're so distressed is evidence of how much they love each other and how much they want to be closer and how much they're missing one another yeah. and how important the other person is to them but that part gets hard to see and instead they're like just seeing how many times they've had to take out the garbage in the last week and how they felt like the other person didn't appreciate them you know yeah. which is really common but that and and so I'll have a moment where I'll be like do you guys hear how much you're both wanting to fix this and how much you're both wanting to be closer right now and how much you're both missing each other and how much you both agree that um it's worth working on, even though this conversation's super uncomfortable, but like it's worth it to both of you. Um, and there's often sort of a light that'll go off where they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, this other stuff is bullshit. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we love each other and the fact that we're both here and the fact that this matters to both of us, um, the fact that we're upset is evidence that this matters so much. You yeah. Know? And that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a sound that he captures really well. Um, and in both and in the lyrics too, like that, let's not pretend that everything's fine. Like it's not that kind of love song. But. Right. Well, and that, that line about the, the baggage they both carry from their previous relationships um, yeah. and how that leads to. And from their family histories. That's what I meant. Yeah. From their family histories. Um, 
that impacts their relationship um and it leads them to i mean this happens all the time too people come with their own baggage their own wiring their own families they came from and that stuff will play out in their current relationship right and that's usually the hardest stuff and it really has very little to do with the person you're with right it's just the way we sort of play out our stuff on each other to try to you know grow and heal and move forward but it gets in the way right Right. (laughs) and um and he's saying like we're always going to have that that's not going to go anywhere we're still going to get on each other's nerves we're still going to have fights you're still going to remind me of some crappy way my dad treated me or something like that right um and we can it's okay we can work it out it's worth it you know i'm I'm thinking about the degree to which it is satire in the way that it's he keeps saying honey bear and that's uh-huh. kind of so silly almost of this cutesy lovey-dovey thing. Right. And then he named the whole album. I love you, honey bear. Uh-huh. But I think that is real. I think he's like pretending to be tongue in cheek about it, but it's also just really a love. It, it's true. If you love somebody so much that they're so sweet and you just want to cuddle with them and call them your honey bear, then that matters. Mm-hmm. And that's enough to eclipse everything else. If you can really lean into that and appreciate it. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I that's have... where, and that's where I try, you know, like I said, when I think about that line, don't give into despair because mm. I love you, honey bear. Uh-huh. Um, you know, that's where I keep landing to whenever mm-hmm. things get really hard or if you're in a dark place and you know, there's, there's only so much I can say, like, you know, you can get lost in the weeds and everything is still really hard, but mm-hmm. If you, I just really hope you don't give in to despair because I love you. <laughs> and you, all you can do is plea, plead it, mm-hmm. you know, and that's part of what the sound of that song captures so well, too. This kind of just from the mountaintops, like, come with me, like, grab your arm and, and let's take off. And there's a line about that, too, about the Cadillac. And like, we're just going to all we need is this. Mm-hmm. We'll just take off. Let's just go. Let's. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's a th- that's an interesting message about having to choose where you focus your attention and to choose to turn away from because that's the thing about you know talking to other people who experience depression um or can get overwhelmed by darker parts of themselves i think they'll agree that when you fall into that place it starts to talk to you in a way that gets louder than some of the other things right um and it'll start to tell you lies and it'll start to um make you think you're going to stay that way forever and you're going to be stuck in that forever and there's no choice and it's the only thing that exists that can be really totalizing that experience um and it sometimes requires choosing to believe in something you're not feeling in the moment um choosing to turn towards something you're not trusting in the moment um and you know, choosing to try to reach for other people to help you, even though in that space you might not believe they would, you know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of parts of that. And so that, that what you're talking about of, it reminds me of that scene in uh, Never Ending Story when our text drowns in the, mm. uh, the um, something of sadness. Swamps of sadness. Maybe the swamps of sadness. And, um, and Atreus saying you have to you have to fight the sadness. You mm-hmm. can't let yourself sink into it. You know, um, it's the most brutal scene ever. It is the most brutal scene ever. But it's a really good depiction of what can happen when someone gets overwhelmed by despair. Mm-hmm. Um, and from another lens, uh, someone else can watch them sinking and be like, No, no, no! Right. <laughs> Just think about this happy thing. That's exactly you know? it. Um, and that's what Atreus is saying. Like, no, for me, come out for me. Yeah. And 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 Artex doesn't doesn't win you know yeah um but it's about the sadness pulling him down and not so much but, but this is what you're saying you're talking about sort of trying to implore someone choose this anyway yeah and but there's a helpless feeling to that too because you know that person needs to choose that and needs to reach out right. their hand or take that step yeah and you can't get any closer you know all right. you can say is is that trust me come with me you know um don't give into despair. Just don't. Mm-hmm. Just. But you know, I don't know. Reminds me of the power struggles we've been having with our seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, in that we've, you know, we really 
try a brand of parenting where we're trying to reason with him and help him make good choices and help him understand his consequences instead of just ordering him around all the time, although he requires a fair amount of ordering around or he won't listen at all. But anyway, um, what happens for him is that, like, you'll say you can choose this path that, like, leads to things being better. You can choose this other one where there's all these consequences and he'll just keep choosing the terrible consequences. Over and he'll and get again. over and over and over again. And he'll get really upset, like, he's like, because he'll feel like he can't do anything different. Um, and he, de- he doesn't want to trust to let the adults take care of him. He's a really special little guy, and he just doesn't think that anyone else knows better than him. Um, but it's about trust. It's about trusting that if he gives up some control and trusts that the adults will actually take care of him and that will actually be better, um, that's scary for him to do. And it's scary for a lot of people to trust another person and let someone else take care of you, you know? Yeah. Um, even just on a basic level, because if I'm not mistaken, I think this little guy's getting raised in a pretty safe and loving home, and he's just that sort of an existential crisis um, that he's exploring in his little seven-year-old self, you know? But that's something I think all humans carry with them, is how much to turn towards someone else when you're, like, when you need to let someone care for you. Yeah. The last thing I want to say about... Josh Tillman, Father John Misty. Oh, yeah, you found out an interesting fact. I don't know what it is. You <laughs> yeah, were saving it. I was looking at the Wikipedia page right before. And <laughs> what did you find out? Um, so he has, you know, severe depression and anxiety. Okay. And he self-medicates with microdoses of LSD. That, that is not shocking to hear <laughs> at all. <laughs> that makes all sorts of sense. Anyway. Um, so, uh, yeah. That's, interesting. That's that. That's Father John Misty. I Love You, Honey Bear. From the album called I Love You, Honey Bear. The fridge is unplugged. What's your song? (laughs) (laughs) I had to unplug the fridge because it was so loud. Here's the thing. We record this podcast um, at our dining room table, which is three feet away from the refrigerator. Um, And the refrigerator is loud as fridges are, but it drives Yoni crazy. And maybe some of you, you might be thinking about writing to us and saying, what is that awful sound in the background? It's our fridge, but we unplugged it today. So it's a race against time to record the podcast (laughs) before the ice cream melts. Laura. Yes. (laughs) Has been listening to a lot of Landslide. I have. I have been listening to a lot of Landslide. Um, so that's originally a Fleetwood Mac song um, that I first heard. I was actually just uh, talking to the person I first heard it with. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So I, I first heard this song when I was visiting my um, high school boyfriend in his uh, dorm room. I'd never heard this album before. And I remember being like, it was the summer between when I went to graduated from high school and went to college and I went up to Humboldt State University and I visited him and I remember listening to this album for the first time um and I heard Landslide and I liked that song and I would hear it from time to time like everyone does um but a year ago I heard this cover it came up um when I was listening to random playlist and it stopped me in my tracks. <laughs> um, and then I came home and I played it for Yoni and it stopped him in his tracks. Um, and just before recording this podcast this evening, I was looking it up and I saw that it is a song many people have covered. And so I decided to listen to several of the covers just to hear how other people do this song. Um, and the Dixie Chicks have one, Smashing Pumpkins has one. Um, there were a few others. I remember that Smashing Pumpkins one. Uh-huh. Um, you came upstairs and you were like, is that Billy Corgan? What's happening up here? <laughs> um, Not every day you hear Billy Corgan's voice in our house. It's true. But this is a cover by Robin Sherwell. Um, and I think it is stunning. It's my favorite version of this song by far. Took my love, took it down. Climbed a mountain and I turned around. And I saw my reflection in snow-covered hills Till the landslide brought me down Oh, mirror in the sky, what is love? Can the child within my heart rise above? Can I sail through the changing ocean tides? Can I handle the seasons of my life?
question makes me well up with tears. Well, I've been afraid of changing. It's so warmer built my life around you. But time makes you bolder, even children get older. do that to make it sound warm but there's something about that bass well, there and the more voices too yeah but there's a warmth just a I don't know in the beginning it really sounds like she's singing in the snow covered hills I feel well, coldness afraid of changing cause I built my life around you, around you. but some makes you older even children get older I'm getting older too Oh, I'm getting older too I take my love, take it down You okay? I've had, I've had, <laughs> I've had chills up and down my whole body for the last like 15 seconds <laughs> Snow-covered hills Will the landslide bring it down? That was intense. And if you see my reflection In the snow-covered hills Will the landslide bring it down? Will the landslide will bring it down? That's remarkable. Mm. That song, yeah, to me, that slays the original, mm-hmm. which is obviously a great song. Mm-hmm. The songwriting is incredible, but good Lord. I feel like it gets the feel of what the song is saying more than any other version I've ever heard. And maybe it focuses on a different part than uh, maybe <sighs> people hear when they're listening to some of the other I don't know. versions of the song. But the first time that we really talked about this song, you and I both heard it really differently. Um, And I think this is sort of questionable in terms of the category of what a love song is, Um, because there's a lot of sadness in this, and I think sort of some question about the future of the relationship that I'm hearing her sing about. Um, But to me, it really speaks to some of the more painful parts of being in a relationship and really loving someone and and trying to figure out how to grow with another person and how to balance your own growth with the priorities of a relationship um, and what kinds of things in your life change as you evolve in age and life changes and how those things that happen to you uh, change your heart. Yeah, so why does she, why is it, I'm not sure what took my love down mean. Took my love, took it down, as the initial thing for. I I also picture climbing this mountain. Mm-hmm. I climbed the mountain and I turn around and saw my reflection in the snow-covered hills. Yeah. Is she, is she talking about? Took my love, took it down. I don't know. What is that? I I think it could be a lot of things. What I hear, and that's probably more indicative of just my internal headspace than anything else. But I hear, for me, it's taking her love and taking it down to examine it like it's been I think about a relationship that's sort of been going along for a while maybe not being looked that closely at um and maybe the love is something that's sort of been put to the side being taken for granted um and because of life circumstance she takes it down to really look at it and unpack it which is can be a brave thing to do because maybe you're not gonna like what you find if you look too closely at something, you know? Yeah. That's how I re- hear it. I hear it as I took my love. Yeah, and then... And I took it down to uh, okay. look okay. more closely at it. So that helps with that line. But and then that's just me. Sure. <laughs> what do you hear? Took my love, took it down. I don't know. But then the whole rest of it, seeing your reflection in the hills and then asking the mirror in the sky what is love, mm-hmm. and it feel, it's, it's very self-examination right. and then you see yourself kind of crumbling and you wonder if you can hold it together for yeah. whatever reason but in the midst of love I mean that's why it starts with took my love took it down and then 
the chorus of um, I've been afraid of changing because I built my life around you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I, I think that's part of why I hear it as taking it down to look at, because then it seems like that's step one. And then she climbs a mountain, you know, does some hard work, turns around, tries to figure out where she is now. Um, right. And then sees her reflection, like she's looking at herself, um, and then other things happen and just knock it all down. And then she's buried, you know, um, and that to me is a pretty nice sort of, uh, visual depiction of sort of the emotion of being in a place where you find yourself up against some self-discovery or something like that, you know, and you're looking closely at yourself and maybe you're getting hit by life and things are happening, you know, big losses or um, changes you're not expecting and you have to really look at what's left, you know, um, and what you're trying to do and Mm -hmm. how you've been impacted and how you move forward and how your important relationships hopefully come with you, right? Mm -hmm. That's the question that I hear in that line. And that's the line that for me is the core of the song of I've been afraid of changing because I built my life around you. And that really hard place that I think a lot of people end up in of realizing that they need to grow, they need to change, they need to do something. And some terror around whether or not if they've made all of these choices for another person, for Mm -hmm. a partner, um, and these big changes, these big self changes maybe impact that. Will the relationship move along with you, right? Or does there need to be a break, right? That's the... Yeah, and a landslide is such a good metaphor for that because if you if so much of your life has been built around some other being, some mm-hmm. other force, and mm-hmm. it's not just pure you, there's other pieces in it. Once you start picking at it and taking looking at one thing, or if one thing starts to feel like it's falling, the utter panic obviously is that there's not enough structural integrity left, and that the whole thing crumbles right so if you start looking at your life too closely and you pick at one rock and you're afraid it's all going to fall out or if you realize too much of your life has been you know relying on somebody else it sounds like there's a fear of is there any is there any is there enough of me Mm -hmm. left if i took you out for a second Mm -hmm. do i have a strong enough core on my own on my own yeah um, yeah, that's terrifying. Well, and in the ebb and flow of relationships where I think in a lot of relationships that are working, sometimes you take turns carrying the heavier parts or one person takes up more space than the other person. And sometimes that can go on for a really long time. And ideally over time that gets balanced, right? But I think there are a lot of relationships, especially in heterosexual relationships and more traditional marriages where um, women sort of end up feeling like they have to put themselves to the side for their husband's careers and then because they're parenting and things like that. And and I hear some of that in this song. Of, she talks about mm-hmm. um, children get older, mm-hmm. time makes you bolder. And, and I hear some of what I've started to understand in the course of my own life of, of how much you put yourself away <laughs> because you have kids, right? And especially when they're small, being really absorbed in that. Um, and then as they start to get bigger, trying to find yourself again um, and realizing you've been changed by that experience of parenting mm-hmm. um, and you maybe didn't catch it all <laughs> as it was happening mm-hmm. and attend to it. And so some of it can be maybe a little bit shocking and require an adjustment to your relationship with yourself and your relationship to your partner for sure, right? And I think I've seen a lot of our friends, parents too, or other people I know in the generation sort of ahead of ours have to re-examine their relationship and who they are once their kids leave home, you know, and go away to college. Um, Just because, you know, that's obviously significant and it's easy to sort of concentrate on your kids or other people during that time. And sure. That. I think the, this version, this cover, what's your name? Robin Sherwell. Yeah. It, 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 the song is so scary and the Fleetwood Mac and most other covers have like really pretty guitar and all that, you know, and it sounds like this pretty acoustic guitar song mm-hmm. and this takes all that out and it's just voices, uh, and that deep, deep warm bass sound but then when that drops out during that kind of acapella part and her voice is just she sings those lines 
when the sad tone and the sad breath and you know when everything else drops out and there's just that that's when i had that like you know 15 second uh you know on the hairs of my legs stood on end because what was the feeling you got full of um that's a good question i was struck by the beauty of it on one Mm -hmm. level and it's it's this lonely sound Mm -hmm. you know i feel Mm -hmm. i picture a woman standing on top of an ice cold mountain by herself i think Mm -hmm. about that uh graceling book oh uh she climbs that mountain a good book um i think about other movies and books about uh people climbing slowly snowy mountain peaks and all of the uh you know feelings that go with that of you're you're completely on your own and uh yeah the, the images don't don't scream love song to me no um i i just for me what i like a lot about it to talk about in this context is that I mean I I think it's important to point out that love and intimate relationships and romantic relationships uh, doesn't always feel good <laughs> um, ideally like underneath it all there's something that feels good which makes it worth it right yeah. um, but I think acknowledging the painful parts or the scary parts or the parts where you think it might break yeah. uh, and how scary that is is part of what makes it so rich and important you know Mm -hmm. um so that's what i really like about what she's singing about why it feels important to me um is that i mean for me it really resonated in i talked about this before that i went through um a year recently where i really changed a lot of my my career and um personal life uh and I really had this fear of if I really let myself grow mm-hmm. in this way, right? Um, and really focus on some pieces of myself that needed some attention. Um, I'm hopeful, right, that that's going to be a good thing and I'm going to be able to bring that back to my family and that's going to be good for all of us, right? But there's a fear. I think a lot of people have fear of if I look too closely at myself and really examine my own heart and my own desires, um, what happens if it doesn't? fit nicely with the people that I'm tied to, right? Especially if you were raised in a family where that didn't go well, right? Um, and some that, that can keep a lot of people from doing that self-examination and finding what they really want in their lives and pursuing those things. Um, and it involves, and for me, it involved trust that if I turned to you with what I was discovering about myself, that you would be excited and on board mm-hmm. and want to join me and if it required some things of you some growth from you that you would be willing and wanting to do that right Um, but that wasn't a given to me you know that was that felt risky is the landslide then just like the fear doesn't actually happen is that the way you kind of relate to this song where when you look take take it down and look at it you see the landslide happening because you can envision it because you can kind of, your, your head always goes to that uh, worst case scenario. Uh-huh. You know, there's going to be a landslide. Everything is going to crumble. Every, and you have that fear. Uh-huh. But then you keep going. I, I don't actually think of the landslide as a disaster in the relationship. I think of it as, oh. um, I mean, again, I hear my own story when I'm listening to the song, but yeah. I, I hear it as the um, other things in life that knock you down. Um you know, for me, I had a, a pretty significant, um, and I talked about this in the first episode, a sort of breakdown um, that was unrelated to you or our current life. Um, and But that required a, um, a calling up of myself and doing a lot of work and a lot of change. Um, and so I, I think about it as the things that impact people outside of their relationship or it can be um like going through an intense loss or losing a job or um having kids or other crises that might happen um in your life that really shake you up um and what happens in your partnership mm-hmm. as a result you know because that happens to people right and, and and I think I think about the part of just life in general where life happens to you um despite your best efforts to keep things smooth there are significant changes 
because we're connected to other people, you know? Um, I mean, just, this is pretty mild, but, um, something that really shook the trajectory of our family was finding out that our oldest child had some special needs and that required that we moved and required a lot of changes in where we thought we were just like physically where we were going to live and what kind of schools our kids would go to and, um, things like that, that it really shook us up, you know, and that's a pretty mild thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, something always, something's always going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those are landslides, you know, all of a sudden you, you're like, hopefully you don't get buried, dig yourself out. Right. Well, I guess that metaphor continues to work then because landslides just happen naturally. Yeah. You know, all the time. Yeah. And then, you know, stuff kind of grows back. And also landslides can happen if you're not being careful, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah if you're in a precarious place and you uh, make too much noise or shake things up too much, everything might fall down. And sometimes that might be purposeful. Sometimes that might be what's required. Right. Well, she starts it by saying, I took my love, I took it down. Like she, she realizes I'm, I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And then this is what I saw happen. There's a, a tarot card. Um, I play with tarot cards for people that didn't know that about me. Um, and one of them is called the tower. Um, and it looks like a lot of doom and despair and it's this tower that is burning to the ground. Right. (laughs) And, but there are times where there've been points in my life where I get that card and I'm like, Oh, thank God. (laughs) Because there are things that need to get burned to the ground. (laughs) It's not always a pleasant process, but sometimes that's what you need to do. Like sometimes instead of trying to fix the building, you need to knock that thing down and rebuild. You know, and it's going to take longer and it's going to be harder and it's going to be more expensive and all of those things. And there's more risk because what if you build a new thing that's not good, right? But you don't know as much. You have less uh, ability to control or predict the future. Um, And sometimes that's exactly what you need. Word. Word. (laughs) Man, I didn't think we'd do a Fleetwood Mac song, but it's an amazing song. It is. Good Lord. Yeah. That song, um, I'll listen to that song when I'm in a certain emotional place and it's almost immediately cathartic. Yeah. Like I hear in her voice a feeling that I will get stuck in in my heart that's hard for me to move and it's usually like I need to cry a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and this song can almost always sort of help me find that. And it's very useful. It is, yes. <laughs> Thanks for sticking with us again, everybody. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up, I just want to address one thing. In our last episode, we listened to some Frank Ocean songs. Um, and I wanted to address, once I listened to it, I heard something that I just wanted to be a little clearer about. Because um, I do realize that when I'm talking about uh, who Frank Ocean's singing to, I regularly keep sheing his love interest. And that's because I'm thinking about someone singing to me and I don't listen to Frank Ocean or know that much about him, but I am aware that he's probably singing to a guy and that that's an important part of listening. He might, well, I, someone just told me that, um, it's widely believed that he is singing to his first, um, boyfriend. Oh, in that song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know that. Um, and also, I think that's probably an important part for people who are Frank Ocean fans or have that experience that oh, he's yeah. singing about that. And it's an important piece of just like what Frank Ocean contributes to music and um, not something I was thinking about, but I didn't want to be dismissive of it. Cool. I to say that. I'm wondering if there are any sort of themes between both the songs that you're sort of thinking about as we wrap up. Because I I also think we've been doing this um, recording about once a week. And so as we talk about the music, I sort of think about the Uh, feel of our week. (laughs) Well, these are are two sad songs. (laughs) They are. And yeah, I've had, it's, you know, last week was hard. This week was hard too. Um, The stuff we mentioned with our son uh, has been wearing on me. I haven't Mm -hmm. been proud of the way that I've been, you know, dealing with all that um, with him necessarily. Yeah. We both, it looks like we were drawn to some songs that have some like dark, cold, scary kind of kernel of something in them um, in the midst of songs that are about love and relationships also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, when I was thinking about what we were going to talk about tonight, I was, there's a Stevie Wonder song that I will hopefully play at some point, Um, but it was just way too peppy. Mm. Yeah. Uh, for how I was feeling this week. We watched that um, Princess 
Kuragawan movie oh, last Princess night. Oh, Princess Kaguya? Kug- oh, sorry. I think so. <laughs> it was so sad. Yeah. And I think it made me really sad. Um, the new BoJack Horseman is out, and that's all really sad, too. <laughs> also, you know, like, there's some really awful devastation happening in the country right now. There's Her- a lot Hurricane of Irma is about to hit Florida yeah. uh, as we speak. Um, sad things um, for, you know, children of immigrants or immigrant yeah. kids. and uh, feels like uh, a heavy week. Yeah, it has felt like a heavy week. Yeah. Um, but I love you. Honey bear? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's the important part, right? That even when it's hard, when there's landslides, when things are feeling heavy, right? We turn towards the people that we love, we lean on, we try to trust them to catch us, right? That's right. So, that's what I'm doing today. Thanks, everybody. Bye.